0: All right, welcome back to the Mistaken Identity Podcast. And uh it's uh not David today, but it's uh still the same letter. Uh it's uh Dominic here with me. I don't know why I wanna call you Dominique, but uh Dominic, how's it it's going? Okay. I'm doing well, Frank. Thank you. How are you today? You know, I, I don't understand why you're always in this mood you're in. You, you just you just happy all the time i don't understand um why that is like why are you always happy why not you know what i mean like there's too much to
1: live for there's not a lot of time to live it all up so might as well enjoy every moment that we can and i just love being on a platform where i get to communicate with people so um why not? This is who I am. I like uh, opening up my um, my thoughts and sharing them with others. And then, you know, listening and rec- uh, reciprocating what they have to say. So I keep my energy high because it's important. And, um, you know, I like sharing, you know, sharing is caring. So the more energy I can
0: give, the more it can be received. And this is actually this is a perfect example as to why Jerry be frank got to meet this uh, outgoing guy <laughs> down in Premier that just driving all the girls crazy with his charisma. Oh, Lord. This just <laughs> proves that there. Um, now, I'm glad that you're here because you're one of my favorites. But today, I get to talk to a lot of uh, my favorites. And, you know, they say that, you know, parents shouldn't have favorite kids. But uh, so be it, it's my show. Well, it's, it's my show today because David's not here. But, um. Yes, we're going to have some of my favorite people um, that I work with uh, on the show today. But before we get to that, uh, you recently became a member, which I'm excited about because we're pushing our news uh, podcast uh, memberships. Uh, So tell me about uh, the membership and if you think it's even worth it. Well, I
1: definitely think it's it's definitely worth having a membership and being subscribed to um, Mistaken Identities Podcast. Um, There's so many perks to being a member. Um, You get the early access. You get the support. Um, If you upgrade your membership status, there are even better perks like apparel or merchandise and things like that. So I definitely encourage anybody who's – not a member to consider it um like I said initially this podcast what it does is it it opens up the door for us to get to know each other and you know some of us might want to take time to get to know each other so you don't subscribe right you just wait until you get to hear it but curiosity for me at least drives me to want to get to know who I'm speaking with talking to and you know how they can help me in the future I mean I'm just kidding how we can help each other (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> but honestly, I, I truly believe that this, the membership is something worth having. So I encourage it for anybody who hasn't uh, been able to subscribe yet. Uh,
0: yes. And for those of you that are, that are a podcast, you know, you hear the audio only, but if you pay that $3 membership, you get to watch all of it. Uh, I see Rob is here. You get to see Rob's, uh, bright face and, uh, you know, you, uh, I would say you're going to see Dominic's face, but you're going to see that anyway, because that's just what he does, but. Uh, I'm just, just in you, yeah. In so uh, we've got a bunch of people here today. We're gonna go one by one in the beginning. So uh, I'm excited because uh, I have to put this group together. Uh, I do want to say that one person that we had uh, scheduled, um, Danny Zagrimba, was actually in a car accident today. So um, he was not able to join us for obvious reasons. I want to try to get him back uh, here at a another date. But I want to start with uh, somebody who is uh, so quiet that you probably didn't even know he even worked with us because he rarely ever talks, rarely raises his voice, but he's very well known, and he's award-winning,
2: and uh, that is Steven. Steven, what's up? What an introduction, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing good, Frank. No, thanks for having me. I-, I appreciate it. And this
0: podcast will probably be the most anybody has ever heard you talk that works with us because you never
2: talk. Oh, man. Well, I'm talking most of the day, right? I'm a high school math teacher. I'm, like, used to talking to kids 24-7, so maybe Mm. it's my time to just... I'm a listener. There you go. I I listen. Uh,
0: Yes, and so, Dominic, in case you didn't know, Dominic, uh, not only is he a teacher, I think, aren't you, like, the Illinois State Teacher of the Year at some point?
2: So, uh, yeah. Um, What? And I'll stay humble here, but uh, in 2019... I won the new math teacher of the year for the state of Illinois.
1: Let's give it up for Steven real quick, everybody.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I know how many people know this is what, this is the point of the podcast. Mistaken identity. You just see Steven, you think that he's security. Who would have thought that Steven was like balling like that? Who would have thought? Honestly, I would have saw Steven and
1: probably just walked past him. Like this guy, another Cubs guy. You know what I mean? Not would have, but, now, I know that when I see him, I can probably have him do my taxes. I can probably have him run my, my bank account, help me just get my numbers in order. So, yes, yes, this is this is great news. I'm well, coming have, for you, Steven. Oh I'm coming God.
2: for you. Well, what he's not telling you is that we had like a 10 minute conversation before. All right. He didn't just walk back. We had a conversation, right? And uh, now I have all these roles to fill. I got to do your taxes. So, okay. Yep. I'm, great. Yes. I no, this up. is
0: happening. <laughs> <laughs> We've got two days left. We've got two days. <laughs> uh, and I hope that our staff will get to see today all the per- They have a great person. Uh, As a matter of fact, you're going to see, uh, you know, we- we've had our Reese on our show earlier. I am going to bring Peter on later on. But, uh, you know, Peter is the one that forces me to eat McDonald's. I'm going to talk to you about this later on. But uh, mm. uh, and I wouldn't be eating. McDonald's. Peter is like Frank. Let's get some McDonald's. Let's get, me and Ryan are like, no, we want to eat healthy. We want to sell it. Yeah. We want to eat. So we're going to get to that in a minute, but back to Stephen real quick. So you all stay tuned for, for Peter and Rob, Kostecki who's here. But, um, so Stephen, tell us about, uh, why you got into teaching and how was it to teach during the pandemic?
2: Well, I, my dad was a teacher for 35 years, uh, taught at Argo community high school on, uh, in summit. And, uh, just watching him, you know, every day as a kid coming home with the stories, I just I gravitated towards that. You know, I was a big math guy in high school, right? Um, but that's sort of just like there. I enjoy like the working with students more and helping them out and like shaping their identities. I feel like like my role, I'm like an identity builder as opposed to a math teacher, right? And like I'm a role I'm I'm a role model as opposed to a math teacher. Like I see that as my job, as opposed to just solely math. Um, but man, during the pandemic, uh, I mean, you, you try to build these relationships with these kids, right. And, and online through a screen, it's like, it's so tough. Like, and and so like, that's why this school year I made it like a high priority to just build relationships. Like, Hey, if we don't get to this math, okay. You know, like, and that's not a bad thing to say, but like, it's real. Like you. Relationships I value like first when it comes in the classroom. So during the pandemic, that was like I, I needed to focus on that. And um it's been tough, man. I mean, you get you get those you get those AFKers away from keyboard, uh, where it's like you're calling out to them, <laughs> you're like you're like, hey, I haven't heard from you, you know? Like, and then just ghosting you. It's a straight ghost, right? And you look like an idiot because you're like calling them out and everyone just sees like, all right, person's not here, we're gonna move on. Uh that's just this, you gotta adapt. So
0: Wait, so, so teachers, I'm going to get to that way, but So teachers yes. have a code AFK. That's what you all use for. We don't use that. The kids use that. Oh, my God. Gotcha. gotcha. All right. Another yeah.
1: acronym to learn, a whole nother acronym. I'm still oh, trying yeah. to get used to LOL. I'm like, how do you laugh out loud <laughs> over the phone? Okay. But the
2: amount oh. of acronyms <laughs> these students are putting in, the, like, they're attacking it. Sheesh. The they're just attacking it. Yeah.
1: Do you ever feel yourself ever having to um like kind of decipher what the okay, hold on one second, let me figure out what this means. Do you have to ever decipher their
2: language? That could be option one. Option two, I guess what it is and make a fool of myself. So <laughs> and then and then they tell me you're completely wrong, and it's this. Like, so
0: it's hit
1: or miss, right? It's hit or miss. It's hit or miss.
0: Now, I I personally, even though I'm I'm an investing guy, I hate math and I used to hate math teachers until today. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But um, so why math? Like, why not something hard like English?
2: So I, you know, in high school, I enjoyed math. But when I say that, it was easy for me. So there were moments when I was just doing something to do it. Like the teacher would say, this is what you got to do. This is what you got to do it. Do a hundred times, right? Like just follow my lead. Right. And then you do it a hundred times and then, Hey, I got it. I feel good. Right. So like, that was my experience in math, but like now I'm like, screw that. Like that is the worst ways that you can teach math ever. Right. <laughs> like You got to give these kids a chance to actually, uh, like bring their talents to the classroom. Right. So I'll, I I like doing a lot of discussions and stuff, but I I guess why I chose math is just, it came easy for me, but I feel like I chose teaching. Like Mm. I chose teaching and then I chose math.
1: Oh, I like that. That's um, now the challenge. I want to go back to Frank's question about teaching while during the pandemic Um, just kind of, if you can talk about like some, of the challenges you overcame while teaching, like were you able to actually help these kids, you know what I'm saying? Because you do have those how do you say AFKers? <laughs> right. I, I, for those and others, like how are you able to um, you know, still make an impact in their lives in your subject or just being like you said, a teacher overall?
2: You know, and that's the tough part, right, Dom. It's like you don't know what the heck's going on at home. Right? You try to contact their parents. You try to contact them right through email, and I have no idea what their home situation looks like. I have no idea what their family dynamics like. I got no idea what their Wi-Fi is like. You know, like I ain't gonna, I'm not gonna assume that you're not coming to class because you're not coming to class. Your Wi-Fi could be acting up. Like I have no idea. Um, so it's just so much uncertainty that I had to sit with, um, and uh, so that that's like the toughest part, you know, because I have these students who I haven't heard from. Some of them I haven't heard from in months, right? And I just, I'm like, man, I I just want to know what's going on. I just want to know if you're okay. Like, I don't care about your grade. (laughs) I don't. Like, just tell me you're okay. Yeah. No. Uh,
0: So, I mean, we're going to go from one teacher to uh, one student. Uh, We're going to bring on uh, somebody who, uh, uh, again, all of these are my faves. But um, I don't know how to even describe our relationship because it's just, we're like, complete opposites but we are um I don't know, I don't know I'll let him describe whatever we have so you like you like batteries in a
1: remote
0: yes exactly so without further ado without the suspense let me bring up uh Rob kosteki Rob how's it going
3: very good thanks for having me on tonight I remember hey. uh, when I first started for the Cubs back in 2016 Frank was one of the first people that I got to interact with because most of the people when I started there, I was a new guy so I was just kind of walking around through the concourse not knowing where I'm going and then Frank <laughs> just he saw me from across cross-concourse like oh this is a new guy, he has no idea where he, he knew exactly I, I didn't know where I was going and Frank knew that so he kind of came in and uh, took me under his wing from really early on and I was fortunate enough, I was usually assigned to his gate I don't know if that was just by coincidence or what but uh, he... It wasn't, so, it wasn't uh, It wasn't, so, uh, it wasn't. <laughs> mm-hmm, Yeah, everything happens for a reason, eh? So yeah, that's why, uh. I was with Frank a lot. And then, uh, unfortunately in recent times, I haven't really been with Frank as much. He's just moving up and he's ex- extending his reach all across uh, the Cubs and beyond now. So I don't get to see him as much now, but, uh, still, I'm very grateful for all the time that I have with him.
1: Rob, That's so cool. Like, Oh, my bad. I'm sorry, Frank. No, I was going to say, uh, Rob, we had the similar story with uh, our first time starting at the Cubs and, uh, I'm telling you, Frank is like a shadow in the wall, man. You don't even see him coming. He'll just appear and always say, I'm here to help you. And you're like, okay, um, what's your name, sir? I don't, I'm trying to, uh." but ever since that first time he's met, I'm sure you can attest that he's always been genuine, always been upfront and, and honest. So here we are, you know, into the future and we're still doing it.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, beautiful. He was always that guy up there saying, "Hey, anything you need, let me know. Uh, questions, concerns, anything uh, you need direction, just come and see me." And that was the thing too. I had no idea what his name was for the first two weeks. I'm saying, "Hey, uh, <laughs> supervisor guy," just um, <laughs> 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 started. So,
0: wow. No, uh, no. I'm glad you, you came on second because uh, you know, and you can say that because I know Peter. I don't know what he's gonna say. So I'm glad you came out and said that how I helped you out and <laughs> uh, you know did all that. Now, uh, you're in school right now. Tell us about school and what you have going on there, because you're very, very, very busy and hard to catch.
3: Yeah, yeah. So uh, originally, um, so my first year with the Cubs in 2016, I was a freshman in college, and I was going to a private school in Wisconsin. And so I was close enough. That was at uh, Marion University in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. So that was close enough where I could come back on the weekends for all the games. And so um, when it came to the playoffs, I was able to just tell my teachers, hey, I'm just going to be honest. Cubs are in the playoffs. There's no chance I'm missing this. So I didn't miss any of the, the playoff games, and uh, and they accepted that. Um, I'm sure that uh, Stephen can um, understand. He's had some pretty good excuses. There's nothing I could have cooked up for any teacher at any level that wouldn't have been good <laughs> Cubs baseball. I'm sure uh, if you know anything about sports, you'll um, respect that enough. So I was coming back for that, and then uh, I transferred to uh, Indiana University down in Bloomington um, in 2018. Nice. And then that really limited the amount of, uh, of Cubs games I could get back to um, but it's been awesome down there because I'm studying sports media. And so back at uh, Marion, they didn't have a specific sports media program. So I felt that I just wasn't able to grow to my full potential. And then um, Indiana has the sixth best, media, sixth best media school excuse me, in the world. So there's just a lot more opportunity there. And as fun as it was to go to a, a smaller private school and, and play sports and things like that, uh, it's just at some point you got to make a decision whether you're going to do education or athletics. And uh, I had to choose education.
1: That's where it is. That's it. Education. What year are you right now, uh,
3: Rob? I'm a senior right now. So I should have graduated go. last May, but transferring from a private school to a public school, they don't play nice together. And so I lost the year, mm. but uh, the level of education was night and day. So I didn't mind at all taking that extra uh, couple semesters.
0: Cool. Now, uh, Steven and Dominic may not know this, but uh, Peter and Rob do. Uh, so uh, I used to have my own little pack, of uh, the young guys that worked there and we were called the Wolf Pack. I don't don't even know this, but, uh, and we had our annual, yes, there you go, Peter. (laughs) And those of you that are um, paid members and watch this, you'll get to see what's going on here. But um, we used to have our annual end of the year trips to Hooters and we would all go out together. Um, I think Rob was always busy, I think, but um, yeah, Yeah, a lot of people don't know this about the Wolf Pack. You remember those days, Rob? Oh, Yeah. Oh yeah,
1: I, it what you doing know, at Hooters, man? You a freshman? What you
3: doing
0: at no. Hooters, man? It,
3: it was a it was a, a work related function. So.
0: <laughs> I, okay, understood. But um, you know, I, they they were so close to me that they could literally run the gates or run whatever area I had. They could actually run it because I had taught them everything I knew. Uh, now Peter's gonna say I have them do the work for the for make them do my work, but really. I was actually teaching them how to do the job. Um, now Rob is a benefact- benefactor, benefactor there because Rob won a award. What did you win, Rob? I won um,
3: employee of the or employee of the month and then employee of the year in 2018, and that was no coincidence because that was two years after I'd been under Frank's um, Frank's guidance. Yes,
0: yes. and uh, here's, here's the story about Rob. So the day that he wins the award, he has no idea. And he comes to work late, right? Is, is that happening around? <laughs> I was, I was a little late. And I think, uh, did you miss the ceremony, or how did that work?
3: Yeah, I did. So I actually, met, they had a really nice little uh, intro that they typed up for me. So I kind of let everyone down there. And so I was coming in late, and then Frank's blowing on my phone to say, like, "Hey, man, where are you? You're working." I was like, "Frank, Frank, I'm, I'm parking. I'm leaving here in a minute." He's like, "No, dude, like you have got to be up at 216 right now. Like we have a meeting." I was like, "I know, Frank. I'm sorry." And then I get up there, and then everyone's clapping. Oh, here he is. Here he is. my like, God! All right, I'm late. I get it. Like, no, you won. Oh, all right, here we go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wish I won something for being late. Don't you, Steven? <laughs>
3: yeah, right. <laughs> Typically, we don't award that type of thing, but.
0: Yes, uh, so well deserved. And I, I like the, yeah. the 2016 and 17 year, because almost everybody that was a part of my, like, little clicker group won an award. Uh, Reese won an award. Um, somebody, they either won, uh, for sort of the month, or for sort of the year. I think I had six winners who were associated with me and, Mike, and that one Gates, which is like gate eight. So uh, that was exciting. Um, and I'm going to ask a question, and then I'm going to talk about your parents working at Rigorio. Yeah. Cool. I wanted to go back to Steve real quick. Tell us real quick, Steve, how you met Frank,
1: because we know how Rob did, but how did you meet him? How did you guys connect?
2: Man, I think I might have met you, Frank, the first year. I don't, you know... and. He's right about this, how I was quiet and shy, like that. He is a hundred percent correct. Um, you know, it's funny. My dad worked there the year before I started. So my dad's working there and I'm working there and uh, I'm kind of still that same way a little bit. You know, it's a little, uh, I don't want to say it's overwhelming, but I kind of just, you know, uh, you know, I'm a good listener. I, I, I'll i go through that. Uh, I'll, I'll call it as it is with that, but um, I don't really know the specific moment I met Frank, but. I mean, I do know that every time I see him, it, it's 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 great to see him. And you know, now, like from this moment, like we're, that our relationship is going to get better. So, excellent. Uh, Thank now, you. Speaking
0: of, your, speaking of working, working with your dad, your dad working there, Rob, uh, almost your entire family at one point uh, either worked <laughs> there wow. or yeah. works there. So, who has who has worked there from your family, and who works there now from your family?
3: So, at one point, because we had that employee referral thing. So, I was like, all right, we're putting every bolt in the chamber. We're just going to see how many people we can get out here. Just keep firing off shots here. So, at one point, it was um, me, my dad, my sister, and my brother. So, the only person not working there is my mom, and she's a big Cubs <laughs> fan, but uh, she didn't have the time for that. And then now it's just uh, my brother and my dad. My dad's in security, and then my brother's in uh, GSA. All
1: right, I got a question for you. Who? Oh, what you said, your mom. Okay, that's fine. I was gonna say, who doesn't work there for yeah, your
3: yeah. family? <laughs>
0: but maybe your mom. Maybe we'll
3: convince it. her. Maybe we'll get her out there eventually. Just a little more persuasion. Absolutely. So, how does it?
0: What does it feel like? And this is a question for you and Stephen, I guess. What does it feel like to be with your dad all day at home, and then have to come to work and work with your dad? We'll go with you first, Rob. How does it, What does that feel like? It's. A fun
3: feeling, but a little weird. It's kind of cool because then we uh, we commute there to work, whether we're uh, taking the train or driving, whatever it is. So that's kind of fun. And then once we get to work, the roles kind of reverse. So at home, obviously, I'm usually the one getting direction. And then all of a sudden, we get to work. Hey, um, Robert, where's where's 220? Hey, where did we send? And so it's we're like, Hey, Dad, come on, let's go pick up the pace here. And uh, it's fun, but it's funny. You know, it's fun having them out there, and then especially if we're assigned to the same area. Or even if I need something, because obviously I'm in guest services, then my dad's in security. So if there's something that comes up, um, just having that connection is uh, is pretty beneficial, especially if it's a high energy situation.
0: Now, most people know that if you come in contact with Frank at some point, he's going to talk to you about investing. Uh, So Rob, is no difference. But of course, Rob, uh, you got that investing conversation with Frank, didn't you? Oh, it came out of nowhere. Yeah, one day
3: Frank's like, hey, Rob, you know what? You need some financial. No, he's not like that, but yeah, he just like, came out of nowhere with it. And then, uh- <laughs> oh, I wasn't really too keen that on that. That
1: sounds it. accurate. I know that, uh, I know he's playing, but he might actually be right. I could totally oh, <laughs> yeah, that. Start-
3: he starts joking around. He's like, hey, Rob, you know, I I'm investing, we got to have a conversation. We go, ah, ha, ha, okay, Frank. He's like, no, all right, let's go right now. <laughs> yeah, he lied. just came out of nowhere. Now I see him talk like all over Facebook and then I still like look at all the stuff I check up on the, on the stocks he talks about. So he's a, he's a really great person to follow on social media too. He just kind of every day is something new. It's not like, all right, Frank's my investing guy. It's like, no, Frank's my investing guy, my athletic guy, my um, you know, if I need some, some food, we're the best super, whatever it is. He's kind of a <laughs> jack of all trades here.
1: <laughs> he's the everything guy.
3: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> now, Steven, um, being a math teacher, I don't know if one and two are correlated, but do you dabble in investing? Do you do you pay attention to the market at all? I know it's it's a different game, but you know with the numbers and everything, do you feel familiarity when you pay attention to it or, or watch it?
2: You know, I don't follow it as closely as I should, but I, I I want to. You know, I'm at that point now where I'm like, you know what? I have a couple. Of, you know, I got the Ameritrade set up. You know, there we go. But I I got to follow it more often. You know, and there are like there's a, there's a financial algebra teacher at at lakeview where i work and and he is just like frank he'll like you'll be walking around boom like conversation about investing out of nowhere
1: (laughs) i'm actually just trying to go home but sure we could sit down for another hour or two yeah
2: exactly it's like it's like and no like no cues are gonna tell him you literally gotta stop him
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's how frank came to me i was like sitting at home and um I really wasn't doing much though at the time and I'm not trying to sound like I'm like lazy or whatever but just at that time when we talked I wasn't doing anything he just called me out the blue hey what are you doing um uh, just chilling watch it. get on Robin Hood right now I want to teach you some things write down all these notes we have one hour I'm like okay but I did it and I got on it and I honestly if not for that conversation it probably wouldn't have sparked my interest you know what I mean like he created that like kind of the two rocks colliding and that spark hits you know i mean that's what what frank did for me and so you know i I encourage learning it i mean it's something cool to know
0: all right so uh this has turned into the the frank appreciation (laughs) show but (laughs) uh, but i know that our our last guest our last guest here is going to take a sharp left turn so uh without uh further ado uh brace yourselves because uh Peter is here. Peter, what's up?
4: I don't force you to eat McDonald's, okay? <laughs> so
2: you what a start.
4: You can, you can go over to Ruchi for that one. I'm gonna call him out right now. So he, he's the one that's like, Hey, you know, you wanna go up to McDonald's? I'm kinda hungry, you know, no one else is gonna do it for me. Okay. Um. <laughs> So yeah, um, if we're gonna go, if we're gonna go take things back, we're gonna go all the way to back to 2016 when I first started, just like Rob did. Um, Frank was a gate chief, and this is before even H was a thing. Um, I didn't know what I was doing. I was very quiet because I didn't know what to really expect or anything. And Frank just happened to come up to me, and this is even before they had an accessibility team that was in place and that's how i got to know rob more because me and rob both were like kind of like asked to do it and that's how me and him got to talk more and more um but so going back to the whole mcdonald's thing um it it was one of those things that's like yeah sure okay and then i just go across the street get something or whatever because frank's (laughs) like yeah, just give me like two McChickens or whatever, something like that, and I'm like, okay. And then Ruchi would be like, yeah, give me two McChickens too. So like <laughs> Frank and Frank and Rucci were our two peas in a pod, man. I tell you, I tell you that. Um, but they um, Frank's been a great a great mentor um, the whole time during it. I've learned a lot from them, and just like you guys, I got the investment conversation too. Yes, <laughs> um, yes. but I was I was probably one of the first ones to get the conversation. Cause he didn't start doing that until probably around the time H came around, which was what 2018 or something like that. And I, half, half my season that year was at H being his gate chief. So, uh, I mean, I think he kept always asking about like, Hey, you, 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 get, you do investing or whatever. I'm like, yeah, sure. I do invest. I do investing and not really involved in it that much, but I mean, he's like, well, You should be. It's really important because don't you want to make your money work while you're at work or while you're sleeping or even best yet while you're Mm -hmm. eating? And I'm like sure. Okay.
1: (laughs) He finds a way to make you feel bad for not doing it. Right? Like he's like oh no, Are you investing? Oh, I'm not yet. Hmm." What he does is he gives you the look.
4: He just gives you that look. He's like, he's like (laughs) "Mm -hmm." All right. And then he just walks away. <laughs> yeah,
1: and then comes back with a scroll of information right? to just hand you, like, "All right, here, check this out."
4: Or better yet, yeah, he just texts you out of the blue. Here's five things you need to read. Read this article. <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm gonna put a plug. I'm gonna put a plug in. You know, there's Lockheed Martin. Here you go. Why don't you look at them or something like that? You know, I got your defenses or whatever. And I'm like, okay, Frank, hey, so I'll hit, take a look at that.
1: But what he called it, it? It does hit though. It does hit, right? It does hit. So.
4: I mean, I there's put a, something together a... pretty well because of that whole, because of the whole story. I mean, not necessarily the stuff he's talking about, but, you know, so, but this Man. isn't an investment show. This is a, this is a Frank Walker show. You know? yeah, right. <laughs> Method to the madness. We're going to call it Frank Tonight or something like that. I like that. I like that. Ooh, okay. Yeah, that's good. And I like that. by
0: the way, I have a YouTube show coming out called Frank and Friends about investing. So I'm oh, cover that. what a plug. <laughs> what, what a plug! <laughs>
4: Man, that, that, that yes. class is really paying off, Frank.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, but Peter, so I want to so talk about this because Peter, uh, on social media, Peter, Peter has a uh, unique way of looking at things. And I'm going to talk with Rob in a minute about how, I, how we're different but similar. But Peter has a way of, uh, he has no filter. So he'll go out and post something on social media or comment on it that I anger half the ballpark, right? And then Peter texts text me like, wait, what did I say? What did I do? And I'm like, <laughs> <"Is> that, <laughs> it's not really what you said or did. It's that people don't know you like I know you, or they don't know that you're joking. Uh, but Peter, you remember those times where, you know, people just got bad. You're like, what did I do?
4: Oh, yeah, I've gotten I've gotten plenty of just random messages and stuff like that. And it's true, you know? I mean, to me, social media has become one of those things to where people get scared not to be open about it and you really shouldn't be scared to be open about it. I mean, it's a platform to just voice whatever is on your mind. I mean, there's no restrictions. It's not like you can't say this, you can't say that. I mean, you still have to follow certain norms and stuff. You can't say certain certain words and stuff because I mean, you just can't say those words, you know, but um, I'm the type of person that just, is open about what I say, uh, what's ever in my mind. If I think it's appropriate to, pu- to say something, then I'll say something. Um, not everyone doesn't have to agree. And that's perfectly fine. I, I accept all forms of opinions. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm opinionated myself, but I'm not going to look at somebody different because they have a different view than I do. That's just their view. And that's just part of who we are. I mean, you can have different views and I'm perfectly cool with that. And it's just great to, the conversations that I like to have are when people are open and stuff, and they're not going to be like, oh, be snotty with you because you have a different point of view. I mean, everyone's got different point of views. I have, a, I have a point of view. Frank's got a point of view. Dom, you got a point of view. Steph, you got a point of view. And especially Rob, he's got a point of view, you know? So it's like we're all open here and that's how you can have a great conversation. A lot of times the best conversations come from those open conversations where there's no filter and you have a meaningful conversation. Some people actually get to know each other better and have a better understanding of what's around them. Respect. Man,
0: respect. That was, that was Man. real. <laughs> yeah. And, and on that topic, uh, so, you know, <laughs> if people on paper, on paper, or even on social media, maybe on paper, people were to see Rob Pistecchi and they were to see uh, Frank Walker Uh, They would think that we have nothing, we we don't get along, that we fight all the time. Because on paper, we are like polar opposites about a lot of things. Uh, But we are probably closer or good examples for how society should get along. What do you say, Rob?
3: Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Because another thing, too, is even with our social media, that can be a reflection of ourselves. But also... It's going to be two completely different people, essentially, because for me, I'm not posting every single thing that's on my mind. Some people do, so some people's social media is a really accurate reflection of who they are. But other people, like me, for example, um, like my, I don't really use Facebook a whole lot. Every once in a while, I post something. Usually, I just throw something up there every couple months, just to let people know that I'm still alive. Uh, but otherwise, I just like stick to family and friends. And I don't like even discuss most of the things that I ever even think about, just because personally, I don't think my life is interesting enough where people. Uh, need to hear about it. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I don't know. Uh, I just I just don't really go off that um, you know too strongly. So, but whenever someone posts something on social media, uh, I'll always look through it. and so, oh, you know, Peter's posting. He just really hates uh, the White Sox ballpark, or really hates uh, bicycles, or something like that. And um, you know, just whatever they post, you take it with a grain of salt, just because it's uh, social media. Not that what they're saying isn't accurate, but just because what's on social media, is just one specific. Uh, you know, instance or article or something. So you never want to have tunnel vision, uh, focusing on someone, um, whatever they're writing about. Just look at the broad picture. Because, like you said, between me and you, we on paper uh, are pole opposites, but in reality, we're best buds.
0: Yeah, I want to jump in before before Dominique, I want to jump in real quick you posted mm-hmm. something back back during the in the summer uh, when everything was going on. You had posted something. I forgot what it was. I think I told you that people were messaging me about. Oh my God! Can you imagine what? Uh, Rob Kostecki said, and uh, I'm sure that you're not his friend anymore, whatever. I forgot what it was, but uh, for whatever reason, people come to me about everything. Like, you know, hey, he did this, whatever. But uh, people had came to me and said, hey, Rob Kostecki posted something. I think it was about Black Lives Matter. I'm not, I'm not, I don't even remember what it was, but uh, I'm like, to them, I'm like, you know, I talk to Rob like almost every day. I, I probably can understand what Rob is saying better than the people that are complaining to me. So obviously, what, I, what did I do? I sent Rob a text. I think we talked about it for maybe like two minutes, and then moved on to something else because it wasn't really a big deal, like people thought it would be. People, people expected me to disown Rob because of a comment that he made. Uh, come to find out, after we just, I think we talked about it, and we almost agreed. Actually, once I got a better understanding of where you were coming from, and you got an understanding of where I was coming from, I think we agreed and like moved on to another topic. Do you remember that? I do,
3: yeah, yeah. That was about um, the writing in Chicago. I, I forgot the exact article. Some I think um, Tribune article, and it's just like whatever. So and so many shops were burned down, and I'd post like, hey, I don't. I think this is stupid. I don't think it proves a point at all. I don't see a point in destroying the community that lived in. And then Definitely. people kind of didn't agree with that, and that's the thing too. Whenever not just social media, but just written word, um, if I write down some words on paper, uh, we can't interpret tone through words on paper. And then also we don't know exactly what the person's thinking. So everyone uh, took that completely. Uh, We're well not everyone, but a lot of people took it out of context saying that I don't agree with something. I don't like this movement. I don't like this person. No, all I was saying is I don't like destroying property. And I think that it undercuts any type of positive um, mm-hmm. reinforcement that you're trying to drive for uh, anything. And then, yeah. And then Frank texted me and then I agreed. I said, Hey, yeah, I mean, I'm, whatever they want to support, that's fine. But I just, I don't agree with burning down buildings and and smashing stuff. It usually never turns out well.
1: No, I I agree with you, Rob. Like it definitely, I mean, it kind of goes back to what Peter was saying. And you're like the example of what he was saying. You, you expressed yourself freely. You know what I mean? You didn't have any malcontent behind it. You just simply said, and I agree with this point, like, what's the point of destroying your own neighborhoods, your own communities if you're upset, like, you know what I'm saying? That's what kids do when they throw temper tantrums, right? But we have a whole city now acting the same way. And it makes us seem like, you know, I, I was like you. I sat back and watched like, man, this is really not, this is not beneficial to the cause, right? Like if you want to, you know, make a statement about something, organize it, right? Do it the right way. But you you express yourself and like Peter was saying, some people, they'll just if they don't like what you say, Oh my God, you're an instant villain. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden you, your opinion is the worst thing that could have ever hit the planet and things like that. But I, I could, I respect you for, you know, still standing behind that. Like, look, you can feel how you want to feel. You can, you know, say what you want to say about me at the end of the day, I still believe what I believe. And so, you know, Never let that go. And I'm with you. you know what I mean, I encourage that. I mean, I respect what you're saying when it comes to how people ha- act when it comes to having an opinion and how just society handles things. You know what I mean? It's everything's so tense, you know. So I I want to just I'll end it with this. Like, I respect where your position was, because at the end of the day, a lot of people depend. You know, I didn't mean, you know, try and figure out things to say to, you know, justify their own words. But. Yeah, you know I mean? I'm just. I said what I said. You don't like have to like what I said, but it is what it is. You know what yeah, I mean? exactly.
3: And the, another point to that is, uh, you know, it's in my eyes, it's really hard to justify destroying cities. But at the same time, however many millions of people were doing it over the summer, I think that the reason why I post it because I want to see other perspectives saying, "Hey, we have," you know, like. 50,000 people or whatever it was downtown Chicago destroying stuff. Let's figure out why they're doing it. Why do they feel that this is the right way to do something instead of just saying, Oh, these people are all idiots. They have no idea what they're doing. They're all crazy. Like, no, how about let's go in and have a conversation and see what's mm-hmm. going on and see why they feel this way. Cause if we we're just arguing with each other, calling each other idiots and saying, no, you're wrong. He's wrong. You're not going to get anywhere without having conversation. I think that's what a lot of people um, have trouble seeing is that it, it's not this power dynamic where someone has to be right and someone has to be wrong. You just have to come to middle ground on whatever it is.
0: Always, yeah. So not only do I get texts and calls about uh, Rob, I get them about Peter and his hatred for the Illinois government, uh, the Speaker of the House, Damn. the politicians, <laughs> the taxes. Damn. Um, and, and it's funny because, and he will You're tell you this. Stir in pot. Oh, I know. Mean, I mean, no, this, this is good. Sure what I'm saying is that what I'm I saying is that Rob is not the only one I get I get calls about, but I agree with most of what. Uh, Peter says, uh, and Peter just says things that we all think and don't really want to say because, you know, we have to stick to a political party. But um, uh, Peter can attest for himself about, um, you know, what he feels about how Illinois ran.
4: Well, uh, to that point, going back to actually, I wanted to add something to what Rob was talking about. Um, I remember that post, actually, and I think I actually sent Rob a, a message uh, privately to just have a conversation on the side about the whole thing, because it, it got so heated that it wasn't proper to put my opinion into that. I didn't want to make it more heated than, than it was, but I, I, I agreed with what Rob, with Rob, what Rob said, because I mean, I agree with what, with what DLM stands for. I mean, everyone should have the same rights and stuff. Um, I get what the movement's about, but at the same time, with what was happening during that during that time, with people destroying businesses and looting homes and everything like that, it was getting away from the whole message. And this was going this wasn't just locally. this was going nationally too. And a lot of people would nationally have a different view of Chicago because of it. And it would lose its all of its main uh, topic of what it was trying to go for. And at the same time, looking at that, I was like, this, this, why are you guys doing this? It's like, you're, lo- you're losing the whole message of what you're trying to send. And you're not going to, if anything, you're going to make more people mad at you than wanting to support you. Like, and I, I, to this day, I still don't get it. Um, I'm glad that with what's happened with the current outcomes in Minnesota and stuff, that was great to hear. Same thing with um, in sports and stuff that a lot of these athletes stepped up and created their own movements and kudos to them for using their platform and for the league supporting them for the most part. Um, But going back to our state's politics, um, I just feel that a lot of that there's not much support from our state, to be honest. Um, A lot of our tax money is supposed to go to schools, but from schools that I've been to, and that are in my area, they haven't been. They haven't really gotten much. And I've talked to teachers and stuff like that. And a lot of them still have hardships where they're having to buy supplies for their students and stuff like that. And that's not how it should be. Um, our our government, our state government, should be supporting teachers and should be supporting higher, ed- higher education. But the fact is, is that when you're younger you don't realize what you want to do and stuff like that. Um, and I can attest to this because I've been in that situation. I didn't know what I wanted to do when I was in high school and stuff like that. I mean, I, I'm good at computers and stuff like that. Is that how it's turned out for me? not really. Um, I got through high school and stuff. But then when I got into college, it was kind of a whole new world. Like, I felt behind. Uh, I didn't think I had the, the moxie to finish but I did finish, but it was a grind of, of it was, it wasn't easy. <laughs> um, I did not feel prepared going into their out of high school. And unfortunately, there's not and there's not enough of that support. And you can probably test it on a federal level too. There is not much support in the, in that aspect. Um, hopefully. I mean, it seems like um, president Biden's wife, Jill is very hard support, hardcore supporter of the teachers and she really wants to make a, a difference. So hopefully that, that happens. But I mean, Steven, you're, you're a teacher. Do um, you have anything you want to add to this conversation?
2: My hand went up the comment you said that teachers have to buy supplies immediately, right? Like you saw it right here. It's hundred percent true. I mean, and, and um, you know, when I first walked into Lakeview high school, you know, I was like, okay, you know, this is, this is what it looks like. Got it. And, and we're getting those renovations now happening, which is great. And I'm just thinking about the kids, right? Imagine a student walking in and seeing this environment, seeing what the bathroom looks like, right? Like, you know, I, I just, I think about those schools and those neighborhoods that need that money, right? Like I have students who live in Bridgeport. I have students who live south, like a lot of students who live on the south side who commute to Lakeview High School because they don't want to go there. That's not fair. Like, are you kidding me? You're going to make this kid, yeah, you're going to make this kid go to like a commute with two buses and a train if they were going to school, two buses and a train to Lakeview, hour and a half commute because they want to go there because their neighborhood school is what it is. Right. And, and, and I don't think that's fair. I mean, that I don't like the competitiveness as well. Um, that, Chicago has in its school system, um, and it's and that's a culture thing. Like, w- look at the parents, right? Like, and and look at what they're, you know, telling their student, telling their kids, right? Putting their kids in all these in in these programs and wanting, you know, what was that thing that just came out on Netflix? That like college scandal thing, right? Like,
1: oh my God.
2: that blew my mind. Like, and I was like, that is happening. Like, that is a hundred percent happening, right? Man. Oh, my gosh. But but yeah, uh, t- to your point, Peter, Chicago is a long way from uh, equity when it comes to the school system.
4: Yeah, I would. I would totally agree with that, with what you said, um, because I went to Von Steuben a Science Center right. is on the north side yeah. of Chicago. Um, it's nice. a very diverse school system um, in, in that place. It's small. Um, Um, But there is maybe just over a thousand students, I would say, in that that school at the time, I think, when I went, maybe more, I'm not sure. Um, But there were students from all over the place, all types of nationalities, all types of cultures, all from east side, west side, north side, south side, everywhere. Um, And the one big thing about that school is that you felt you didn't realize until about your junior year, at least for me is that it became really political in there. Um, when I first started, it was high school. I was excited to start, new beginning. You're out of elementary school, middle school. Um, you don't know what to expect. Um, first year was great, but then the minute there was a lot of administrative issues that occurred all of a sudden after my first year, and it never stopped the rest of the time I was there. Um, and then I have to say that I wish... That that didn't happen because it honestly, they kind of didn't put students first. Um, And a lot of a lot of people talk about how there's inequality and stuff in this world. And honestly, it starts with the education system. Um, A lot of people, unfortunately, put a lot of moxie into where you went to school, what type of degree you have and stuff. And they don't actually look at who the person is in their personality type so true um and i've come to find out that some people just they aren't good students and it's not that they're a bad person they just are better at working and brushing up on skill sets than they are at learning education um having basic education is great everyone needs it um just to do basic mathematics reading general stuff that you're going to be using your everyday life but a thing that also I wish that, and this needs should be more outspoken with is that high schools, whether you're junior or senior, they need to have one class that's requirement, especially, and hopefully this becomes a state mandate. It'd be great if it's a federal mandate, is that they need to have some sort of finance class. Um, and this, go, this will go back to the whole investment conversation that we had. Um, people, you know, especially younger people, need to start investing early on it's important because you have a job and stuff. Great. But you you need to make your money work for you. And that's something that actually Frank told me and showed me. And I kind of knew that beforehand, but never really got a real explanation of it. And he's one of the people that got me rolling with that. And that's another example of who he is. But I mean, if schools had a financial class, just basic understanding, like, hey, you need to make sure you have this amount of money on the side for paying this bill, this bill, this bill. When you get older, you're going to have rent or even a mortgage, depend- depending on which route you want to go. You're going to have a car payment. I mean, you can't take public trans everywhere because there's sometimes the public trans doesn't go where it goes. So then, I mean, luckily there's Lyft announced now and stuff, but even Lyft now, especially post-pandemic, is expensive. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I mean, the other day I tried... The brown line wasn't running from from Belmont for because of the construction stuff, and I waited an hour, and I was like, okay, maybe I will just take a lift to go home. I looked at it; it's forty dollars for to go to go five miles or whatever it was.
0: Now, now I, 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 I know that uh, I know that all the people that are work for us, and uh, we have thousands of listeners. I know the ones that work for the Cubs are sitting there saying, uh, "Who is this Peter? What version? What version? This is not the Peter that runs around and cracks. <laughs> so he, Even even I'm sitting there at all like. Who is this guy like what, what is this what is this peter hey, is he's 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 coming, going out, from?
2: coming out like what is this
0: like what
4: mistaken that know identity me well, has to the very few the yeah. only ones that are close to me yeah. that's a very few they know how exactly i am yeah but like uh,
0: i and, just speak my mind like frank said yeah but uh <laughs> well, before, before you go down before you go down this yeah. uh you know we have thousands of listeners and i think that this I didn't expect this conversation to go this way, but I'm glad that it did because uh, we can ask to be an example and then use this platform to show people how to have these uncomfortable Absolutely. conversations. So um, Dominic is gone. Uh, I'm going to keep it going with another question, but go ahead. Uh, <laughs> well, look, I was going to say,
1: I, I, I haven't had the pleasure of meeting Stephen or Rob in person, um, but I'm grateful for this opportunity to hear them speak because now when I do meet them in person, I'm going to look at them in a totally different lens. Like, you know, we work together with colleagues, of course, but now we can talk about other things, but I've, I've seen Peter before. And we've had, you know, you know, brief brushings where, uh, you know, either we're in the locker room or we're just passing through the concourse, but to hear him talk like this, I'm like, Oh man, we, there's so many similarities that we all five of us can be like, you know what? We're all making valid points to one another where, we can piggyback off of it, and so, like you said, mistaken identity. You know, you never know who you just work with. Like I, I brush rubber elbows with with Peter, but it's because we're trying to get to the, you know, our job. But to now have an opportunity to sit and listen to the gentleman, I'm just like, whoa! Like, you think like I think, like you feel how high I feel, like, and so many other people probably. Uh, some of the other listeners feel and understand that, like, man, Rob is. I mean, uh, Peter's making some hit points. So is Rob. You know, no offense, I mean, Rob, Peter, that uh, all of us are all Sorry, making Rob, hit points. I
3: don't mean to. I just no. I'm not as, as as Peter.
0: Not at that level yet. Uh, Look, Rob, I didn't even mean Rob, to do Rob, that. Rob's Rob right? listening. Rob's <laughs> <I got you>. listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, my my, uh, my question is for Rob actually. But when Diamond's gone, I mean, Diamond.
4: Frank, you muted yourself, bud. Man.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I don't, podcast, why, I don't know why man. I said. Uh, mm-hmm. and it, hey, I, I pay somebody to edit, That's why. You, that's why you pay an editor. But um, and shout out to Joe, our editor, who does a great job, and is gonna have to do some work on this. Shout but out uh, Joe. Uh, I want to keep this going because, and I'm gonna give. You, I know I told you all the hours. So give me like ten more minutes, you all. But hey, um, keep going. I'm enjoying we this. Talked, <laughs> we talked about you know the rioting and and things downtown, uh, and I have always said that you know both sides. Are really the problem uh so for rob i'm gonna start with you and then i'll go through the rest of them uh do you feel that the january 6th uh insurrection right when they uh stormed the capitol uh get the mm. same kind of scrutiny as the black lives matter the rioting uh do you, you think it gets the same type of scrutiny or do you think one is worse than the other
3: I think that they're both terrible, and there's a whole bunch of different lenses that you can look at that through. Obviously, whatever news station that you want to look at, you're going to get a completely different story. Uh, I think that that January sixth incident has really been weaponized to to push a particular kind of culture associated with um, the Republican Party. And uh, at the end of the day, I mean, it's it's terrible what they did, um, but uh, to me personally, they they didn't, you know, burn down cities and destroy and. Uh, kill a whole bunch of people like a lot of the riots did. I'm not saying that that's indicative of how every uh, riot goes, but um, I, I, I don't like either. I don't think there's a place in polite society for rioting of any type, no matter what the cause is for. And uh, for me personally, too, even just a protest, this is going to be a, an unpopular opinion. I don't really see the point of protesting about going out in a street and um, holding up signs because anyone who's going to have, like, if for example, if I'm trying to uh, lobby for getting more money for schools so I can get more supplies or whatever you want to use that money for standing out in the street I, they the person that you're trying to reach might not even see that so I think it's it would be a better idea to you know write to your senator write to the mayor whoever you want to get at um, and then get a petition going or something a little bit more productive than just holding up a cardboard sign and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way I just looking at that through a, a productive lens I just don't see um, you know what your end goal is by walking around in the street for a couple hours.
0: Mm-hmm. Fair, definitely fair. Okay. Um, so one, I understand. So if I look through it through uh, your lens, um, I understand it and I agree with you if I look through your lens. But if I was to be the devil's advocate, uh, and I can say this because me and you are friends, but if I was to be the devil's advocate, I would say that sometimes those people may feel, um, that you know they don't get heard the same way uh, that others would. So in their mind, this is the only way you know, to get things, um, accomplished. So, uh, again, playing devil's advocate, but, um, every point is valid. Uh, and I want to get, you know, Steven on this too. Steve, what are your thoughts on this, Stephen? this conversation?
2: You know, I immediately, for some reason, I'm thinking immediately of my kids. I mean, this is the teacher mode right here. Um, and, and I remember having a conversation with them about both things and, uh, you know, when when I had the initial conversation about the Black Lives Matter riots, um, they they echoed the same thing that uh, Rob that you said, right? Like this is no way to, you know, why are we burning the burning down? Why are we going and smashing windows in Gucci stores and stealing the stuff, right? Um, and it was interesting because they they my students did not think of those people as Black Lives Matter protesters. They separated them. And I agreed with that, right? I think those people are not, those people are different than the people who are in the streets. You know, I even had students who were like going to protest. There was a protest outside of Wrigley Field, right? You remember that one? I had students that were there, right? It was amazing. Yeah. I was so proud of them, right? Like taking a stand at the age of 15 to go to a protest. And one of my students got on the mic, it was on the mic. Like, and talking in the microphone and, you know, in the middle of this circle. Right. And that matters. Like, like to, to make sure hey, your voice is heard, you can make change. Um, so I was just proud of that. Um, I was just proud to see students do that. And then come January, uh, whatever, sixth, right. And I had the same, same conversation with my students. And I noticed, uh, that they saw that as, um, as different from like the black lives matter protest. They saw it as just, it was wrong. And of course this is a Lakeview pub. This is a Chicago public school. Majority of the students, you know, it's, it's in Chicago. It's a liberal city. Right. Um, but I, I, it's interesting to, to talk about these two things through the student lens. So they did see the, what happened January 6th as different and, and worse than the black lives matter protests and the black lives matter riots. Mm.
0: So, yeah. Now, the one thing I what well, the one thing I agree I like with Rob bad. on, but the one thing I agree with Rob on is that um, you know we we um you know if we don't want people to link uh black lives matters to riots, then we can't link uh January 6th to all Republicans or all conservatives, you know. So if we're going to you know and and so I agree with Rob's point on this that you know if we're going to say you know, all Black Lives Matter protests uh, don't—they're not rioters, whatever. And we can't say that all Republicans were are a part of the um, um, the January 6th thing. So, yeah, I agree with Rob on yeah. that point. But uh, uh who else wanted to go over on that? Topic? Let's have Peter
1: give his opinion on that. You know, I think all, all three, or so far, Stephen and Rob have had super valid points. Let's hear you out, Peter.
3: So
4: going back to when the capital thing happened um uh, i was surprised because i just literally turned on my tv and this is what i was seeing and i was like okay what's what's going on here now and, and
0: they, basically
4: uh first we have
2: you and everyone uh, else.
4: human rights protests <laughs> then we have and then we have COVID, and now we have like so is this just one thing after another and during these times like i've always been telling my friends I feel like we're living a little bit in an alternate 1960s. If you know your history and stuff like that, it kind Mm. of feels like it a bit. You're having, you're having the black lives matter movement happen, which could attest to like the human rights movement in in, in ways. Um, There were riots that broke out because of it. I mean, there were riots that broke out because of that back in the sixties. I mean, there's certain there's, I mean, and then we're having now this Mars race now. Which was like the space race with the moon and stuff. So it's like we're definitely living in some real interesting times. But to going to give my thought on everything, um, I see where Rob's coming from, and it 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 does make you think. It's like, well, what's the point of these protests? I mean, if anything, it aggravates people because it shuts down streets and people are stuck in traffic, and they're like, "Well, what the heck?" You know. But another way is that. One of the great things about our country is that, like what I said earlier, um, is you, you're we're all allowed to voice our opinions. And that's one of the factors is protesting, showing your showing your, your view and wanting to express yourself because you have all this anger. No one else to talk to. But then you have these group of people that all agree with you and they go out and they want to show other people how they're feeling because they feel that they're not that there's not getting enough coverage and stuff. and they hope that this gets the attention of local officials and that they can make a difference. Yeah. And so going with the Capitol riots, I didn't know what to really think of it. Um, Cause I mean, we had a president that's that, that was no holds barred. I mean, he didn't, he didn't care, man. I mean, this dude, he just said, whatever he didn't. I mean, no one still to this day, probably can't really know what he was trying to do. <laughs> i mean he was definitely a unique individual um every day he was in the news like every day (laughs) Um, four years i mean like obama fantastic speaker when that dude spoke everyone listened everyone listened and when trump spoke it's like oh god what's he gonna say now (laughs) or like how is he gonna say it or what words is he gonna say? Because the dude just didn't rehearse or whatever, just didn't have a great speechwriter, whatever it was. But look, Peter, uh, let me ask
1: you. I'm I'm sorry, Peter, for cutting yeah. out. I want to right in that middle point. You said Obama had, was a great speaker; the world stopped and listened. Trump came on the line, and everybody stopped and listened. Now, was it because you were? Was it because Trump was the president or because Trump was Trump that made you feel like let me see what he's gonna say because when you knew you knew when Obama spoke he was gonna say something kind of profound so not to take anything away from his um, his lineage or what he was able to accomplish but you kind of look you could tell that like he's gonna say something that's reassuring he's gonna try and make everyone feel good when Trump came out, did you watch the, did you watch Trump speak because it was Trump? And this could go for any three, uh, any of you guys, did you watch it because it was because of who he was or because he was the president?
4: Honestly, a bit of, a bit of both. I would say, um, the president is the president, you know, I mean, we all want our presidents to be professional and represent our country in a good way, because in a way, a lot of people in other countries look at our president and that's how they re- it reflects on everyone else being an American citizen, even if right. they voted, even if they didn't vote. So Trump was the type that just stirred the pot so badly that people are like oh, stupid Americans, you know, and it's like, and it's like, well, that's I me. And it's not the case, you know, like we're not all like him. You know, I mean, a lot of yeah. people I, th- I feel did not like him and did not want him to be president because of everything in his past. I mean there's I'm sure there's politicians out there that are just like him. No one's speaking about them because well, they're just not in the public spotlight. Trump's always been the public public spotlight. I mean, there's documentaries of the guy and everything that he's done um, yeah. and which I actually think a lot of people should go I mean, if you don't if you haven't yet, go watch some of these documentaries because it, it might give you a bit of insight on who he was and stuff like that to give you a better understanding of why a lot of people d- dislike him mm-hmm. um, but I mean, I guess some people are going to be like, "Well, you didn't really answer the question about the capital rights and stuff." Um, and I think now, do you
1: blame? Do you blame? Is it is it actually his fault? You know what I mean? Because words are words are one thing, but action is another, right? Like, I know mm-hmm. this might be a two part series, Frank. I'm going to just throw it out there, but honestly, it um,
4: should oh, be I mean, man. I mean, we can make <laughs> a two part series. But, I but,
0: mean, but I I do want to uh, when you when you're done with this question, I do want to come and give the other side. I, I want to make sure that we're giving equal, you know, equal. so I do want to uh, give um, what people may say about, you know, the media being limited to him, whatever. So uh, I want to come after that, Peter, okay. go ahead, Peter.
1: Wait, go but ahead. let me, re- yeah. let me rephrase your question then that way. At least it's a lot more general. Do you, do you blame the president or do you, do you blame the people for the actions of January 6th and what followed after that? Not so much as blame, but who do you hold responsible?
4: Honestly, I don't I mean, in a way, he he was kind of encouraging it to get the world what what I guess what younger generations say woke about what's going on. But in a way, I guess if it this might be a bit controversial to say, but it in a way what there are some people that feel that that whole thing was their version of black lives matters because Mm -hmm. they feel that people weren't respecting their opinions and stuff because of the fact that they were part of a certain political party. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, I view myself more as an independent. I like to listen to both sides and come up with the, with the deciding factor of who I think will be best fit. I'm not one side. I'm not the other. I don't like that. I like to listen to both sides and then come to a consensus of what I think is what should be right. Um, And a lot of from, from, and I've gotten feedback from people privately and stuff like that. And they all, there's some people that feel the same. There's some people that don't feel the same. To me, the Capitol riots was something that there is a certain group of people, you can call them extremists, you can call them domestic terrorists, whatever that were voicing their opinions on our government and that they, that's how they did it. And do, do I think it was the right thing to do? No, because it gave a bad image, to be honest, there's different ways of doing it, but then there's other people are going to be like, well, you look at BLM and what they were doing downtown to stores and stuff. What do you think about that? And I'm like, well, I don't agree with that either. I mean, in my view, when people protest and want to voice their opinions, they should do it in a proper manner that gets their opinion across, and that would make other people say, "Hmm, you know, I never thought about that." And then that gets more people on their on their cause, um, and that's how I think things should be. Is that how it's going to be? No, of course it's not, that's not how it's going to be. You're going to have people that are going to be wanting to be violent because they're like, "It's the only way of doing things." No one's going to listen if we if we don't do this. Well, okay, maybe that's true. Maybe it's not true. And that's just how the world is. It's been that way for years, decades, and
0: that's just how it is. Now, from the other side, and I'll let you all go in a minute, but from, from the other side, there were many, many times that I was watching uh, CNN, thousands of times watching CNN, and in the middle of a show, breaking news, and I hear something, and they tell me what the breaking news is about some, some tweet or whatever, and I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> why is this breaking news? So I do feel <laughs> that the uh the media was different in my opinion. Uh I just thought the media was different uh in the Trump administration than they were another one because every second of the like I there was not a time I couldn't turn on CNN and breaking news. I'm like <laughs>
2: Yeah. I I Frank, you, Frank,
0: you're me. muted again. Yeah, yeah you feel it. every second of the day Trump is breaking news. He tied his shoes. I'm like, what what so uh, go ahead, Steven.
2: No, I think, but I think it's also the image that he puts out that makes that that is also a factor in that, right? I think it's the image that he that he puts out in the world that causes the breaking news to happen every day because it happens again and again and again. Of, yes, and, but do but do we have yeah. to
0: cover everything? My, my point is, is everything news? It's not, it's my, and for both sides, Democrats, Republicans. Uh, you know how much of the media shapes what we think about people how much of the media shapes what we think about policies and you know what have you all
4: right i guess i'll uh, speak real quick on that um that's one thing that i forgot to add and i'm glad you brought that up frank is um i personally think that a lot of people use what the media says and they just run with it and the problem is especially in this society and it's It was. It was even before Trump was president too. It's more. It's more been a social media type thing that hasn't. That hasn't kind of figured itself out yet. Is Mm -hmm. that a lot of people just when they hear something they run with it. They don't really critical think it. They don't think about. They don't. They don't do any thought. Thought thinking to themselves about what they read or what they just saw on television, and they're like, well, if if they're reporting it, it's got to be true. I mean, why would they report something that's false? But, I mean, to your point, Frank, I mean, CNN, as well as Fox, are notorious for doing stuff like that. And I'm the type of person that likes to find more independent media outlets that report on stuff that you won't hear on the mainstream media. Because, I mean, I do believe that they are persuaded in a way from certain officials. And they're like, hey, we want you to put this. Don't put this because that's how they get their funding. And that's how I think the media has been going about their business for a long time. I mean, a perfect, a perfect, yeah. I always said a perfect example of how things have been going in, in the past decade is watch House of Cards. House of Cards kind of gives a good view of how things have been, especially kind of during Trump's administration. It was very mm-hmm. volatile and how and how and i mean yes it's a tv show but it kind of gives you an idea of how things how you kind of can think about things and how you think things might be going in washington so that's my whole take on the whole thing
1: well you know art. they say peter is um art imitate life right yeah. art imitate life so they weren't wrong about what they were saying i, I didn't get a chance to see that show uh, i'm not sure if anyone else has but anything you see that you can watch and you can find some kind of relation to in your own general life, like, isn't that really happening? Then you understand, like, it wasn't just some kind of fabricate, it wasn't a fabrication, it was a uh, a relationship that we can all share, that we can, that keeps
0: us still hooked into it, like,
1: oh, this is something that can happen in real life, you know, so, now
0: you're definitely hitting it on the head. No, I, and I feel like we have become very tribal. Like, you got to have, uh, you got to pick a side. But like, I, I'm independent. But I, I could never go online right now and say that I and I loved what Trump did about criminal justice reform. Nobody had ever touched criminal justice reform. But if I go out and say that, oh, my God, I'm going to have all kind of hell. Uh, oh, thrown damn, right. at me. Yes, exactly. But. <laughs> He did. I, I was all for it. I'm like, oh wow, he you know he did some good stuff on criminal justice reform. That that I I'm in that industry with young people, so if I can ever say that because we're so tribal now, uh, I was okay with the two thousand dollars that he wanted in a stimulus check. I was okay with that. Um, and I feel like people will hear this podcast and be like, Frank, how dare you agree with you know uh, you know with uh, Trump? But I just think we've gotten so tribal. Uh, but if we can have these kind of conversations, you know, in America uh and turn off the tv in my opinion turn off the tv and have, i don't think that they were all i don't think that i don't think that the country is racist i just don't believe that the country is i think the country is the majority is like this right here having conversations we get along yeah. sitting yeah. side by side now do i believe that there are racist people yes totally. i don't believe that the majority of the people are racist i think the majority get along like we do right here
2: what do you all say can um, I speak? On, or oh yeah, yeah. You? Go ahead, Steve. Yes. Go, Steve. I you know what? I got a book right here that I'm reading, and I feel like it fits this perfectly.
1: It's so hard for white people. It says white fragility. Why it's so hard for white people to talk about racism?
0: Now you gotta yeah. you gotta you gotta explain that now because
2: uh, yeah, and I just started reading that. I've only read like the first like chapter, um, and like the reason I'm reading this book is so that I can go into these conversations and not, you know, like you said, not an understanding both sides, right. And understanding my white privilege, understanding my history, right. And understanding the history of African-Americans, right. And what they've had to go through and endure. Um, And so like, I I just, I immediately was like, wait a minute, I have this book right here. Like this is like, this conversation is making me want to read the rest of this right now. Um, So that I can, so that I can, have these conversations. um I just wanted to throw that out there. Thank you for
1: sharing that. That that, that book looks awesome. White fragility, right? Is that what it's yeah. called? Yeah. White fragility.
4: Yeah. Oh. Perfect. Hey Rob, you've been kind of quiet over there, bud. You got anything you want to add? <laughs>
3: I've, I've been loading up comments. Yeah, I didn't want to step on anyone, but uh, going back to um the difference between uh Trump and Obama, I think if right. I could have just Obama's demeanor and Trump's policy, that would be like the ultimate superhero because uh, obama was an extremely well
4: i mean i would agree with that i mean that is Trump was, as, he, you ain't lying he went after everything every single day he was in the news for <laughs> Trump, but, and, yeah. oh yeah
3: yeah, yeah.
4: and then, man was front lines wasn't obama he obama was like i said one of the greatest speakers i have ever seen on television
3: that oh yeah yeah he could he could sell you you know a sack of crap and you'd buy it just because of how well he was at presenting his case <laughs> But, uh, at the same time, I mean, I don't know how, how Trump didn't have someone filtering everything that he had. This man should not be allowed on Twitter, but at the same time, that was the media just ate it up because they've never had a close, raw, intimate relationship with a president like that. And that's that, uh, you know, that um, celebrity part of him, just because he's not a, a politician he's coming into this uh, fresh. And, um, you know, obviously uh, America thought it might be a good idea and we tried it. And, um, you know, it, it worked out in some respects In other respects it didn't. But, uh, I don't know, that's the thing too, with, uh, with professionalism, a lot of people wanna say, uh, especially in the, if you're the president, oh, I'm just gonna be upfront with you, I'm just gonna say what's on." talking You can be as transparent as you wanna be, but that's not necessarily gonna be the best way to present a case or to reach your target audience or just reach your entire audience, which would be the entire country. Mm. So uh, I, interesting personality, I can't say I've seen anything like that. And then going to, to speak on the media, uh, whatever, I touched on it earlier with different sites, you're gonna get different messages. Whichever site that you're going to read, um, every single article, video, whatever you want to do, the message buried within that is pretty specifically prescribed uh, to pitch a certain message. So, for example, if I'm writing a a piece on the Cubs right now, uh, like Kyle Hendricks the other day gave a bunch of runs, I can either write a story based on how terrible Kyle Hendricks pitched or how well um, that the Pirates hit. So there's two completely different ways uh, to find that. And then there's a, a good way to look at it and a bad way, and you kind of have to dig a little bit deeper to find the actual meaning. Um, so in that particular example, oh, well, let's see, well, the Brewers, have, they all have at least 30 at-bats against them. Um, what, the wind conditions, whatever Hendricks is coming off short days, rest, whatever the case is. So you have to do a little bit of digging to find the actual truth. Cause just because it's the first headline you read doesn't mean it's the, the right
0: one. Yes. We got yes, go We got to end it. Go ahead, Steven.
2: Yeah. That made me like think of a question is like, is the media's job to convince or convey?
3: Oh, definitely a, a little bit of both because each, everyone knows like if I'm CNN, right. I'm going to be catering to a Democrat audience. So yeah. if I go out on CNN and I'm pitching how good Trump did, I'm going to lose views. I'm going to lose money. Oh, yeah. so it's not, it's yeah. just not a wise business decision to pitch that. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, they're reaching their target audience and that's their job. So although um, they want to come out and then, you know, educate everyone it, at the end of the day, it is a money-making business and they're there uh, with a purpose to promote a certain viewpoint.
1: I just want to add this one uh, thing, and uh, Rob, I think you hit it straight on the head when you say it's either, you know, either somebody or something is doing really bad or the opposition is doing really well. Right. It's a perspective. Like, how do we look at things in the world like we can. My girlfriend says this all the time, and I think it's hilarious. She's like, "Okay, Trump wasn't the best president but that doesn't necessarily make him a bad president because at least you knew what you was getting up front every single day when yeah. that man stepped on t- in front of the television. Right. You knew what you was getting. You can't say the same about other um, political leaders in in their positions, you know, but with Trump, you can, as kind of gutter as it was, his honesty was there and you had to respect it. I mean, the insurrection's, was incited because of how honest he was about and how he felt about what they felt they should do. So you're, pers- it's all about the perspectives. I think uh, personally that people see it as and and it kind of goes back to what Peter said. Y- you can choose a side when the time comes, but until in- that time comes remain a very open-minded person because that allows you to dissect and deduce both sides of opinions you know i mean i may not agree with what everything i'm hearing but i can't deny the fact that what they're saying probably makes sense you know Mm -hmm. so it's a matter of perspective it's a matter of just taking what you know and hear and applying it to what you believe so that way you know the best direction to move and so uh, now you guys are smacking it right on the head, on the head, man. So seriously, good work, good yeah, work. if
3: you guys get a chance and also for any other listeners, um, Dave Chappelle had a really funny piece about political parties and he described it as I'll never be able to word as well as he did, obviously. But he said something along the lines like they're like gangs where I don't care what you're going to say, but whatever it is, I'm going to go with it. So if so a Republican says the earth is wet, I'm going to go and kill any Democrat that says it's not or something. Like that. So just look up, just Google, like, <laughs> Dave Chappelle political party. Uh, it, it's worth the watch.
0: It took this this podcast me to realize that you listened to Dave Chappelle. That that was was good. (laughs) I am Chappelle,
3: man. Dave Chappelle's like hit or miss with me whenever I watch his skits. They're either really good or really bad. There's no in-between with me.
0: All right. So I got to end this, but I can't end this without the Cubs. Uh, we got to talk about the Cubs. You mute it. You mute it.
4: mute muted. muted. again, yeah, man. How many
2: times? We got to be,
0: be a. We got to be a. We got to do a part two uh, at some point, but we got to discuss the Cubs real quick. So I'm gonna give you all two minutes to talk about the 2021 Cubs. Uh, let's go with Peter. Peter, two minutes. Your thought on the 2021 Cubs? Oh
4: boy. Um. So, <laughs> so far in the beginning, I wasn't liking what I was seeing. Um. I was like, it's gonna be a long season um but then now they're they're picking up and stuff a bit with their offense and stuff do i think they have what it takes to maybe get back into october that's yet to be seen because there's a lot of still questions that need to be answered with this team um for one they're just swinging at everything man i mean they're they, they gotta have some more discipline here um the pitching it's been okay. I'm happy to see hey, we got Arietta back on the mound. He looks like he 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 looks like he has he never left. To be honest, uh, he's got the same look and everything. It's not like it's. I mean, it's been three years since he's since he left, but it's good to have him back. Um, we got some younger prospects that are coming up. That three years ago, I was like, "What's going on? Who are these guys?" And now it's like now they're becoming a little bit of household names in Wrigleyville and stuff. So I I'm optimistic about the future but also a bit cautious at the same time. I would love to see us get back into that world series mode, but there's other teams out there that are just much
0: in a
3: much better spot than we are.
0: All right, let's go to uh, Rob. Rob, two minutes, your thoughts on the 2021 Cubs.
3: Starting pitching needs to improve. I mean, just until the past couple of weeks, we haven't had a lot of starters uh, going deep in a ball game. So just putting all that pressure on the bullpen never ends well at any level of play. And I just, I don't really understand a lot of the off season moves, um, like letting you Darvish go and then picking up Zach Davies. I don't think that was a move where we're looking, Oh, you know, who we really need. We really need Zach Davies right now. I think that's more of uh, Zach Davies is a good financial fit for us. Cause I, what do you get like a one year, $8 million deal. And then they were, I think the Cubs are just looking like, let's go free up whatever it was 55, $60 million on the payroll for me. Takeaway though. Um, starters got to go deeper in ball games Cause that's not going to end well. Um, you can't put the bullpen um you know, expect them to go out and win ball games. At the same time, like Peter was saying with offense, you never ask uh, your starters to go out and then win a ball game. And you never go out and ask your offense to go and win a ball game. You ask each side to just keep you in the ballgame. And then the defense and offense works together. So starting pitching, gotta pick it up.
0: All right. Uh, Steven, two minutes.
2: Uh, I actually don't know the answer to this question. How long has, is this? This is David Ross's first year, right? Second. Second year, okay. Second year, um, I'm curious to see how that's going to go. Um, you know, just looking at a managerial standpoint. Um, I mean, obviously the, the the fans love him, right? Um, and I'm curious how 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 long he'll be the manager. What that's going to look like. I agree, Rob. Starting pitching, right? That's what wins championships, right? You look at the you look in October. What is it? The the Tampa Bay race They had Benny Snell. They had uh, the the I forgot his name the other guy but um their starting pitching was phenomenal so um i think that needs to be like number 1 addressed right um and in the bullpen you know like just getting that those two things are what get you into october like um i'm thinking back to like 2016 against the indians right andrew miller like that was one of the best bullpen like pitchers right back in 2016 so um Starting pitching, bullpen, and then just with Rizzo, like that—that that rub, rubbed the people, some people, the wrong way about not, you know, giving them that contract. So that I, I could see, like, fans right now as they walk into the ballpark, like, you know, season ticket holders—they kind of already have that, like, like, okay, they didn't pay Rizzo, great, like, you know, we're gonna we're on this down slope. So I see that already. Mm. Um, so I, I'm curious to see what the next couple of years are going to look like. It, it, we'll see.
0: All right. On that note, we got to go your way over and you all should catch us on the next episode of the Mistaken Identity Podcast.